0: comes to the crypt of Count Dracula, who disturbs the sleep of the vampire. Ah, it's you. You have come to see if there is such a thing as Dracula. Many men have come. None have ever returned.
1: Hey everybody, this is Michael Rosso, Film Photography Podcast, our show number 45, October 15th, 2011. And besides being our super spooky Halloween show, super spooky Halloween Mm -hmm. show, by the way I'm in the studio with Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going guys? And John Fidelli. Well, hello! Oh, hi, nice to see you. Not only is this our super spooky Halloween show, yeah, but this is our two-year anniversary.
2: Uh, <gasps> happy birthday
3: to you! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, start next show. We will be starting our third season. What show? Of film photography wow. podcast. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Amazing. How many folks out there have been with us since show number one? Me. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also super spooky Halloween.
0: Super spooky Halloween. Do you
1: ha- John, do you have a favorite uh horror spooky monster movie? What is your favorite horror
2: film? Probably Rosemary's Baby. Okay,
1: Matt.
4: Oh man, I, I like On the the, uh, the thing. Oh. oh
2: 1982
3: wow. John Carpenter? Of
4: course. Oh, yeah.
1: My favorite horror film is The Thing. Is it? Oh, the original wow. Thing? No, 1981 uh, or 2. John I like Carpenter. I like the 82. I don't know. Exactly. Wow film is awesome yeah the sound effects i, I the love films. the effects uh also in my top top five is uh the original night of the living dead
2: okay blah 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 oh no it's good no i never got that movie oh uh, well i'd rather watch *Shaun of the dead <laughs> okay <laughs>
1: Okay. On today's show, uh, first of all, thank you everyone out there for tuning in. If you're finding us for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome to the FPP community. We're uh, a bunch of folks that enjoy shooting film, shooting film in the digital world, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. And we really, really, really just have a good time whenever we discover a new camera. Mm-hmm. Like uh, recently, I, I started, I discovered the Mamiya Six Forty Five. M? The M, yeah. <laughs> the mummy has 645M. I really love it. Uh, I was teeter-tottering, <laughs> flicker-flackering with the uh, Shmina 8M 35mm right. camera. Uh, today in the studio I have my Holga uh, with a Polaroid back on it. Mm-hmm. That takes original um, square Polaroid type 80 film. 4x4? Four uh,
4: three and a quarter by three and a quarter. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's very hard to find that film. Yeah, is it? Yeah, like you could put the Fuji film in here, but it leaves a big space. Oh, does it? Yeah, I don't
4: like, want to waste anything.
1: No. So it's always kind of a rush when you kind of discover like a new camera, mm-hmm. and you Definitely. know the an- the anticipate <laughs> the tenth anticipation of shooting and then. You know, getting your your film or your prints or your slides back. So, thanks everyone for listening on today's show. What, 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 what show? Uh, we're gonna. Be, the theme is seeing the world in black and white film filters and in infrared. We're we'll talking about the mm. the 24 exposures ghost hunting camera. Yes. Yeah. Find a ghost in every frame. And speaking of that, we're gonna actually talk about ghosts in your images. Ghosting. Yes. Darkroom tips mm-hmm. and retro-procity. reciprocity. 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 Yeah.
2: Oh, the reciprocity,
1: the fair reciprocity. Coming right up is the Pdn Photo Expo. Yes, yeah, sir. right around the corner. It's yep. gonna be a lot of FPPers. 14 like, days. Like meeting up. On the west side of New York City. Yes. Oh, yeah. we have a Book of the Month.
3: Book of the Month. Book of the Month.
1: Book of the Month. And the month. we're going to have a giveaway, which is a Petrie 7S2. What
2: the heck is that? Well, it's a rangefinder, and it's beautiful. Ah. Mm. It's beautiful. What's, what's a country of origin? Mm.
1: I'm going to let you know.
2: Okay. You yeah. get on that. <laughs>
3: so
1: we're going to have that and a bunch more stuff, uh, but we're going to take a quick break.
0: Make Halloween fun and easy. One-stop shopping at Woolworth or Woolco for your Halloween needs. Costumes from $1.83 to $3.99, like $6 million Man, Bionic Woman,
4: Superheroes, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and a new favorite for girls, Holly Hobby. You can get wrapped candies of every kind. Bubblegum, lollipops, fun size candy
0: bars. Get this Halloween record sounds to make you shiver just $1.89. Make Halloween fun and easy. Make just one stop at Woolworth... <coughs>
1: Hey, we're back. Man, I'm gonna... Turn it right over to you, because otherwise I'll just start talking about Polaroid. <laughs> yeah, well, you probably will at some point in here, so that's yeah. fine. I'm probably gonna like load my Polaroid mm-hmm. uh, camera, my my Holga with some Polaroid. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, uh, I mean, you've been shooting awful lot of black and white in 2011. I have. I've uh, I'm kind of on a black and white kick. Yeah. And recently we were hanging out, and uh, I, I I cracked out my old Koken filter catalog, which wow. actually shows you the filters, like what filtration to use when using black and white. You know, people may not right. know. Remember this from school, John. Absolutely. People may not know, but you use color filters on black and white film, and it, it suppresses yeah, some s- t- tones. Yeah,
4: right. uh, it compresses some of the spectrum that black and white can see because it's it's very hard if you are used to color or just used to a certain uh, one certain kind of black and white. To understand that different uh, different kinds of film will see things a little bit differently, mm-hmm. and to to understand how those those tones will represent in black and white is sometimes an issue. It's very sensitive to it's it's sensitive to all spectrums uh, of light. Well, I mean all spectrums of uh, visible light. So the so the the blues and the greens and a little bit of the violet, and then it's it's uh, panchromatic film is sensitive to also some reds. The older films, way back when, they were orthochromatic. They didn't see a lot of a lot of that red channel, so they could. So
2: that's like higher contrast? It was uh, does that speak to contrast or It's
4: sometimes strange? it does the range is a little lower but it doesn't really speak to that it speaks to just uh the color represent well the the tonal representation of color so resulted in a lot of dreamier images because a lot of those images had people in them Mm -hmm. a lot of your landscapes were very very contrasty because there was lots of uh, dark foliage and these dramatic sky dark and kind of skies but that also kind of plays along in with what we're talking about filters so let's just kind of limit it right now to panchromatic film or like your normal emulsions i'm shooting a lot of hp5 and i really got used to like what am i using a lot what am i filtering a lot so let's say you're out and there's like this gorgeous gorgeous blue sky Mm -hmm. you know what's that going to look like if i take a shot of something of something that's not just the sky i want some foreground in there you're usually going to have an exposure that might make your sky a little bit lighter and ultraviolet light there's a lot of haze going on there well you can use um some filters to get rid of that haze you can use a polarizing filter which basically uh, directs all the the angle of light and polarizes them to to one straight line coming in and that will get rid of a lot of the background kind of uv haze coming in and dramatically darken your skies, get rid of some reflections on certain kinds of glass, allow you to kind of get cleaner window shots outside.
2: Yeah. That's a must, that that filter.
4: Oh yeah, and especially if if you have those, those bright, clear, sunny days, you know, not so many of them now. Yeah, on October 15th, but uh, you're getting there. And then the other filters are to control how, how colors represent. So if uh, I don't have a, a polarizer for my 8x10 because all, those usually screw on. Oh, yeah. So I just kind of like hold these things up to the, the lens and hope they stay there. The r- filters I use a lot of are red filters. Right. Uh, red, red orange, and yellow, I would say, are the most commonly used right, for remember me.
2: Remember in, co- in college, Ooh. we had to have three lenses, a orange, a red, and a polarizing filter for black or white the, and
4: white. That's, and that's, mo- that's 90% of what you're going to use. The rest yeah. of are art to taste kind of specialty Mm -hmm. things whatever color of filter you have oh mike's mike's seeing it now your your red is gonna i mean if you you can think about it like like just the the color math kind of going back to like kindergarten first grade but like (laughs) red but red is gonna let it's gonna let red light it's gonna let red light through it's not going to let a lot of it's not going to let almost any green light through and it's going to let a little bit of blue light through but not so much so blues are gonna get dark greens are gonna get dramatically darker and then reds are gonna come through so against a blue sky and some trees the greens of the green foliage in the trees is gonna get a little bit a little bit darker the sky is gonna get a little bit darker the clouds will pop and if you have people with you know a little bit a little bit of flush kind of kind of skin tones they're going to uh, they're going to lighten just a little bit mm-hmm. and so it's really gonna get nice and dramatic for you orange is just a little subtler bit of that effect it's also a lot more pleasing to skin tones because orange is closer to red. A very helpful hint when you're choosing filters is you can hold the filter up to your eye and you get a pretty good representation, although you're still seeing it in color. But you can kind of imagine that in black and white.
1: Imagine that.
4: Imagine that, yeah. But there's a a thing in, in the book of the month we'll be talking about. Ansel Adams recommends using a very, very old filter that's very hard to find. I found one on BNH for like $90. What what is it? It's called a ratten number 90. I think it's a 91 or a 99. It's actually a filter. It's like a very very deep yellow or sepia filter and it allows you to see it compresses the tones to what black and white film will approximately see, really, and it helps your eye understand. Oh, so this is going to be my my black my black tone. This is going to be my middle tone. And oftentimes people think, well, skies are always really really light. A blue sky is middle gray. Mm, yeah, mm, mm. but a lot of people don't you know think oh, that, really? so they'll oh, they'll blow it out. It'll very much overexpose. So it's uh it's very helpful to kind of use filters to understand that. I find myself when I'm shooting like trees in the woods, I'll use orange and yellow to really really uh, get that make it pop. Mm-hmm. Get it. Really really contrasty and sometimes you know if you want to lighten uh lighten the greens up you put a green filter on there and it will st- restrict some of the reds but it does some kind of funky things to your your skies sometimes and it really lightens it in the any kind of environmental haze going on will really really show up there so you know green green and blue filters are very much to taste there's an older bluer filter called a, a minus i think it's called a minus yellow And the minus yellow gets rid of a lot of that haze that you can put on there. Interesting. And the most important thing, if you're going to use filters to improve your black and white, the look of it, whatever you're putting over the lens has a certain factor to it. And that factor is how much light. I mean, obviously, it's restricting some light. Depending on how much it restricts, you have to compensate for that in your exposure. Uh So like a red, I think it's a red 25. It's a red 25 because you are losing 2.5 stops of light. So you have to you have to factor that into your metering. There's a lot of you know. Mm. And uh, imagine if you're already doing zone system on top of that, like I am. You got I, I write it down.
2: You, you must have to
4: because it, it gets confusing it pretty set. quick. If, you, set, if you're yeah.
1: metering through your lens, then the filter you put in front of the lens, of course, will, com- will uh, it will compensate yeah. via that. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh,
4: with a uh, 35, it's it's
1: really really nice to have. Sure.
4: And you know there is that whole Koken creative filter system from the '80s. This is uh, crazy stuff. This is a lot of the the special effects filters too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but fil- filtration also comes in handy, like uh, on this Koken system. They talk about like the graduated filters. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the graduated filters are
1: great for skies. Right. Huge in motion pictures. Oh, yeah. Remember, so, I'd spot them in a second.
2: Yeah. 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 Once you knew about them. Yeah. Could uh, see how it was graduated. Would you say that this is somewhat of
1: a lost art, Matt, because um, isn't a lot of filtration done electronically now? By- oh, <laughs> oh. Shop.
4: Don't get me started, Mike. No, you know, there's, there's a lot of merit to, um, to their ability. In camera effects. Yeah, in camera effects. Yeah. Do, if you do it right the first time, why do, why do anything else? Mm. There are, I mean, because digital cameras do see in black and white and they are pre filtered, it's, it's very easy to filter it like that. You know, just do it right the first time. Okay. I think it's easiest.
1: So for a beginner, let's say shooting black and need? white, yeah. where where should someone go to to find out what yellow does for black and white? Like, is there like a Bible? Uh, wh-
4: <laughs> there is a Bible, <laughs> and you know what? What? Let's can we can we just jump into it now because that that Bible is sitting right next to me. Really? Yay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's jump into it. This is it was a fabulous
4: by book. It's it's written by the God. man. Yeah. Uh, this is the man. This is Ansel Adams The Negative. This is the second book in his series of The Camera, The Negative and The Print. Nice. They are the they are the holy trinity of any Ooh. photography collection. They are still mate. I bought this new. Wow. At um, at Borders because they were closing out, Seriously. and I got it for it's twenty five bucks. I got it for like twelve fifty. You got this were, today?
1: No, I got this uh, last time I was up. Well, unfortunately, the Borders chain of bookstores is closing in the U.S. Yeah. and everywhere else. Yeah, <laughs> so gone. So you able to go into the photo? How much off? Fifty?
4: Fifty percent? Twelve fifty
1: for this? This? Oh my god! Invaluable
4: resource. Yeah. He talks about filtering how to compensate for it what it's gonna he shows examples of what it looks like when you do such kind of filtering
1: did you just look at, did you take a peek at the photography department in the borders here yeah. cleaned you out. Wiped
4: out you're kidding there's like two books
1: oh. Re-
2: for real matt yeah there's the cleaned out cleaned out I, w- I would i would have been on was it two oh. photography books and a bunch of ac magnets. when did
1: you jump on this
4: i jumped on this uh, about two months ago okay but this this book it's so good he talks about how to visualize, visualizing the image and then how to pre-visualize mm-hmm. the image. There, he, goes, so he, he goes on the, the concept of pre-visualization. I don't always, you know, believe that, you know, I, when I'm setting up the camera, I don't physically see a black and white print, mm-hmm. like magically selling but for you so much money. see what potential is? Oh yeah, you can definitely you see the potential once say, oh, you get used to it, yeah.
2: This is what I, this is what would look great. Oh, yeah, you
4: see that, obviously, because you have time to set up and everything. But I used to kind of, like, walk around with, like, the filters and just kind of look. I don't do that anymore. I'm just like, oh, this needs orange. And I'm so used to it. But he he gives the, the filters... Uh, the values that they that they represent, how how you need to compensate, what kind of exposures you you need for certain kinds of scenes. He gives a lot of examples. Uh, what kind of meters you need. This is uh, basically this book. The negative is how to obtain the negative you need to make the best print possible. Right. He, it talks it, basically this is all about getting it right the first time. Different kinds of processing. Now, obviously, Adams did this in you know during a time that it was very much sheet film for fine art photography, and There are a lot of sheet film disciplines that don't translate well into the smaller formats, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the the principles when he's not talking about um, sheet film that can be used all over the board so strictly black and white on here he talks he introduces the zone system something i employ a lot of i, I you know i'd love to delve hmm. in i could talk hours about the zone system it's you just do a whole show in the zone yeah they they have, they have in the zone baby they have there's other folks that have books based on this i mean this is this is the bible because there's so many other books that theorize based on off of this, this so is
2: basically the master's life work.
4: Uh, this is his life's work. This, I mean he he, he went into his dark room for 10 years and when he came out he had he had the system that worked and he had a series of books. It's
1: like Twin Peaks. He went into the dark room with black hair, came out the next day <laughs>
3: great white, white. white. He Leland, Leland. gray but just, Twin
4: Peaks. <laughs> but just the, the photos in here, they're so they're so dramatic and he gives great examples on how to how to do the best with what you have. And if you are using uh, films that are are known to be a little uh, a little sensitive, a little a little iffy to use, mm-hmm. like the uh, like some of the Eastern European films, like your your Foma and your your Agfa films. They're very S- sensitive. Very 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 light to the touch. Like Europeans. The films, <laughs> the <laughs> films that uh, a- Adams used at the time were, were very much the same. Yeah. A- any cautions he exercises in here are you know easily translated to that. Um, I mean, but look at this image. Like there's all this there's all this detail. A lot going on. in in where it should be normally shadowed but then he has like the sun perfectly
1: burned in right there it's just was there any any dodging and burning done with his images
4: there are a lot of dodging and burning done very much so he goes into a little bit on dodging and burning but that's more in in the print Mm. that he talks about that because that's uh, you know that's the final is is dodging and
1: burning acceptable or was there a time in history where it was frowned upon because it's not
4: I don't think so. I think it was always just kind of accepted that that was going to be done. But a lot of this book just covers the, the processing of the film to to either expand or contract the range, pushing and pulling, as we've talked about. He, you know, he gets technical for the guys. I know there's a couple guys that like it technical. There's there's graphs. There's logarithms mm-hmm. in here. All sorts of fun stuff. Lots of chemistry. But, I mean, for the, the beginner, this is also helpful because it's just a handy resource. Mm-hmm. There's a glossary in, in the back. There's an index um there's there's examples of certain films I, I think the only film that still applies is Trix. yeah like here's an example of like a normal exposure and then he took it with a red filter look at that yeah you know what we Ooh. were talking about see the drama the, the the greens get darker and the sky gets a little bit darker yes nice. that that metal pops and then look he kind of used a blue filter kind of flat yeah. kind of eh. interesting he took out some of the haze but not not too much.
2: So is there uh, like a um a legend in there as th- as to what the filters do like what There is. I'm the trying I'm trying to, I'm
4: trying to find her right there. Uh light and film I think it is.
2: Because that's helpful to know.
4: It's it's great. Because that's know. what you
2: need to wrap your brain around before you. Yeah, and it's actually once you it's once you stuff. see
4: it. Yeah, like he even goes over the electromagnetic spectrum and what we see and what wavelength it oh, is and what each, each what each filter controls.
1: Holy smoke! He talks he's about
4: reflected guy. light metering, mm-hmm. incident metering.
1: Yeah, this guy is something else, Matt. <laughs> yeah, he's, I hear he's uh I hear he's a oh, pretty he's good photographer.
4: Man. Yeah he took a couple talks of about pitches. how he talks about how the image forms on the film you know if you wanted to know everything about the layer the multiple layers of film going on hmm.
1: uh mm, go back oh i'm sorry there's that, that camera that? luna pro ah. f look at that meter luna pro f
4: that's my meter right there that little one
1: so me and matt we know what's going down
2: yeah i guess so <laughs>
1: I don't see your iPhone meter in the Ansel, <laughs> Ansel Adams book, John. Hey,
2: I bet if it was around back then, he'd have
1: one.
4: Let's see if we can find these filters. Get
1: about it. So, is there any descendant? Is there like Ansel Adams Jr. out there, kind of like Hank Williams Jr.? I don't, I
4: don't kind of, You hear you hear that a lot with the Westons, yeah, like the, the the Weston dynasty. Yeah, right. they they have a, a lot going on still, but not so much from the Adams camp. It's just kind of like it kind of died with him.
2: What about the Adams family?
4: But <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's not related no no it is for this episode oh oh Oh, Oh.
4: Oh. yeah Yeah, halloween
2: halloween
4: so here we go page 103 filters and pre-exposure look at that so it has the the number of the filter the compensation amount and then what it does and then over here's some nice examples of what it does to the sky and I mean, these are, this is actually a small sampling of the, the filters. Uh, the numbers go from, from zero to 99, I believe. Oh, dear. Lots, And then when, once you add coke and you go up to like 200 some. <laughs> oh my Cause God. Because then once you pass 100, it goes into like a, what it does to color images, the very softer effects. Mm-hmm. One thing I like about black and white, seeing the world in black and white, is when you're shooting in mixed light, yeah. sometimes it doesn't show, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it shows up as much, mm. the, the filtering and the lack thereof. So, like, you know, you have fluorescent and tungsten. Right. sometimes it just kind of adds it's – it's very subtle. In, in color, it's just, oh, yeah. it's ruined. Yeah. And I, I like it for low light and pushing and fun stuff. But
2: now, would you say um, a lot of people are into black and white photography as opposed to color? Or are there people that are just like, I will not shoot black and white. You know, I, I know it's there's a of lot a
4: of guys that don't shoot black and white. Mm-hmm. And, and those are usually uh, medium format and 35 millimeter. But I, I feel like once you go up the larger formats – Really price price itself. becomes a factor, ah, and then also a lot of tr- the traditionalism of black and white. It's like a high art, mm-hmm. and even around the East Coast. East Coast loves black and white. Everybody out here yeah. loves black and white, and you know once I go back to Ohio, it's kind of like, eh, it's 50-50. Yeah, really. Huh. Oh, I didn't talk about, but I think Adams talks about it a little bit in this book. Infrared film? Oh, right. That will see, um, it won't see much of the, the regular red spectrum, but it will see a little bit of, it will see a little bit of the... Of the blue and green channel, and then it will see this channel. See all the way up here, like oh! like 750 to 900 uh, nanometers of wavelength. Th- that's uh, that's <laughs> closer to, yeah, that, that's closer to like uh, uh, like the body heat being given off, kind of Seriously. a little bit. Yeah. So uh, let's not really body heat, but living things give off uh, more right. of this light than than things that aren't. Oh yeah, infrared. So if you take a if you take a picture of like foliage. It's, it's like bright white.
2: It's you great. You see the, the, the color temperature of the living thing. Yeah, say? the living
4: thing. So so people, it's, they're ghosts. They're very very pale, right. ghosty. Oh, I
2: remember. You know what? There was a picture of the track man taken at a shoot that we did. Who knew? I have this picture somewhere. Really? Yeah. It's very eerie, I'm sure. It's insane because his clothing is all dark, but his head is white. And yeah. it, that's, that's when he first started sh- shaving his head for a West End shoot. Guy what had an infrared. He was shooting on infrared. Oh, you're kidding. And he pulled me a scan out. Not a, yeah, it's so weird. I have it's it very at weird. home.
4: People use it a lot for landscapes because the sky
2: just goes yeah. so dark. It's and an, pe- people an love insane it. It's thing. Like hands, head, completely ghosted. Very, very, Coat, ghost, like very ghostly. Normal black and, and white. It's just High contrast.
4: Yeah, and it's a specialty film. I, I've yet to try it because... Um, what would you shoot
2: if you had a roll of infrared film? What would you set out to do. Those clouds outside. I yeah. shoot those
4: I mean, you know, nice big cumulonimbus. Oh my god, a storm's coming in clouds. Mm-hmm. And with with some trees and maybe a little bit of maybe a little bit of motion because it just adds something, you know, right. different to it. Um, no people. No, no people. people. Maybe yeah. maybe some ant- I've seen pictures with like cows in them and those are kind of cool cuz oh, like infrared have, like, you mean. Yeah, oh, because, yeah, because yeah, body heat. And it, it's just a uh, it's a different effect cool. and I think it's it loses luster because people use it a lot, and um, digital uses it a lot, and they get very um digital. Oh, how,
1: do, how does digital use it?
4: Digital has to actually. Ta- foe? Yeah. No, it's not faux. They have to. They have to hack open their camera. Yeah. Uh, they have to. Why? There's a filter over the sensor. Uh, normally, without these filters over their sensor, they it sees infrared, mm. but then it has to filter it to make sure it doesn't get it. In.
2: Okay. Interesting. Oh, Jordan, I gotta go. Oh. God. Oh. Yeah, got oh.
1: You got a few minutes or no? Yeah, a couple minutes. Okay. All right. So... The, the book... Very it's,
2: interesting.
4: It's 25 bucks. You can still get it new. Uh, used. I'm sure there's many, many editions. This is... Well worth it. This is like probably the fourth or fifth edition of this. When did he die, do you know? Um, he died in the, like, I want to say mid-80s. Really? I okay. know I know he died just before Photoshop came around. Oh, is that right? But he's he's the guy that I think if he was around, he would you love scared? Photoshop. You think so? No, he'd love Photoshop. Because he did everything to, to con- have control over the image. Right. He was all
2: about control. He would have rolled with the punches.
4: I think he would have. And I think he would have loved the effects just because it was something new. He was always trying to do something new with, I mean, he, he did half of these images with dry glass plates and he still has gorgeous images that people couldn't like comprehend. Mm. So, and I think with Yeah, I
2: remember the in the 80s it was the thing to hang on your wall. They were. Adams. They were in every shop.
1: They probably started mass producing it then. Yeah, they, oh, it's very it mass really. Produced.
2: He must have just died, and his family <laughs> must have been looking to cash in. We don't know that. Because I had like four or five prints of his. They became mass
1: marketed, like mass and, marketed. and yeah, they Hobby were shops, everywhere. and like Walmarty
2: type and places. And I would sit and look at those prints for hours. We don't know that yeah. about the family. Oh Michael. <laughs> Stop being such a. F-
4: no, but I know he did get popular. But I mean, before he was popular before he died too. Oh he yes. was one of the, one of the few because you know, most people, as soon as you're in the ground, you're, you're yeah. relevant <laughs> Ha ha. So that's what you got. That's what I got. You know, uh, I like seeing the world in black and white. I'm not hating on color because I'll still load up
2: some of the new por- the new portraits. Mm. Shoot See, that. It's all about balance. Yeah. So it kind of bothers me when people get a little bit uh, uptight. Yeah, d- With photography in particular, because some guys see a Lomo image. I've seen comments that are like, "Oh, it's a great image. I imagine how great it would look on a you know a four x five or a thirty, you know, a good thirty-five millimeter through some oh, nice glass or something." that that yeah, kind of, like pisses me off a little bit. It, it does because yeah, I'm sure it would look just as great. But, that's, but maybe that's not the feel they're going for. You don't exactly. know the, exactly. Yeah, there's but a
4: there's I mean, a lot I, I lost have a of lot of
2: respect for guys that shoot on large format and get beautiful, crisp, clean awesome images because that's just something I feel like it would take me a lifetime to attain yeah. something and I, like and I that. I think when those
4: guys like sell a the print they're, sell, they're not selling, they're not necessarily selling, uh, necessarily selling an image, they're mm. selling a time and a place yeah. that other people Interesting. either didn't have the time to be mm. or just can't be because you know right. of other reasons so it's you know. You,
2: know, you really don't start to think of photography as acquisition until you have a little bit of money of course, you know because and, when and you're poor, you're just taking photos for this and that. Well, yeah, and, and when you're,
4: you're just a poor kid, you don't think of uh, photos you take as your archive or right. your library. So,
2: but I've seen photos now that I would love to purchase. I mean, love to. Like, oh, talking look about at purchasing them, art. Yeah, and and as a young man, I would only buy like Ansel Adam prints for like ten bucks at you know Spencer's Gifts. Right. But now I've seen like uh, original Some mean. Uh, yeah, original stuff like down when we were down the shore. This one guy has a shop of all of his photos. A whole shop. Mm-hmm. Just amazing, amazing Original photos. photos. Stuff he's taken, yeah. And he has some oh, small oh, prints, a small print. down the shore up, yeah. who has he's, his own photography. He has his own shop selling his wow. own prints. Wow. kidding. And they're spectacular? Yes. They're spectacular. What's his name? I don't know his name.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's his name? What's their name? What, that what, name? Oh, what's three screaming kids. Probably you know, search Kate May th- photography. There's a lot to be
1: said for that uh, on uh, various groups, threads, wherever. Photographers, film photographers... Tend to complain Mm. about cost, but you know you're investing in your own art. You're investing if you believe in yourself and what you're doing, and you have aspirations to either Mm -hmm. do a gallery or sell your work or put a book together. So all the all the whining needs to stop because whatever cost that you know one two three four five whatever dollar per image back that's yours. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's not a throwaway item. No, you know. So stop the whining. (laughs) Stop it. Yeah. So. so yeah, but I think if
4: you're going to this level, you know, to filter this, to, mm. to read Ansel Adams' work, you're already considering it more than just a snapshot, right. you know. And that's what this, it's all about this whole book, I think, and the whole attitude we're going with is it's forethought. Think, right. think a little bit about your image. And I think film makes you do that. So Let's
2: put it this way. You just made a really good point because I think a lot of people are taking digital images. And I'm not saying the professionals. Please <laughs> said it.
0: Digital. Digital. Did I did I really? Yeah. Oh my god. It was nice because
2: it's annoying because they're (laughs) like everywhere. You know. Well, you were just talking about the kids part. You were
1: traumatized because this past summer you were just everywhere in a sea of digital fancy schmancy digital photographers. Yeah, not just little cameras,
2: huge cameras. It annoyed you. Yeah, but I mean, I just think if you're shooting on film, like to your point, you're creating something that you're going to work on. That you're you're having a lot of thought and talent and knowledge pouring it into it. You're not just looking at something and pushing a button. Yeah. You know, and there's that a lot be the going difference. on in your brain before you push that button. Mm-hmm. And you know that after that image is printed, you know, you're going to have something you could be really, really proud of. And that will become an heirloom or lasting or a part of that time or era. And that's yeah. what the real importance is. Who do you call him, Poncho? No. no. Trackman?
1: Before you leave, let's uh, see what's going on. Let's see if uh, Trackman has any uh, Ansel Adams. Uh, see.
2: Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> is this is this the track man yeah <laughs> the track man of the Trackman of uh, florida uh-huh. hey uh you're on the film photography podcast and uh this is mike and uh i'm here with john and matt Hey. Right. um <laughs> i can't talk right now <laughs> all right well we'll call you another time okay okay bye, bye.
2: what is he on the crapper
1: <laughs> sounds like, like on a bender. It's yeah, sound it sounds like he's just up. getting off a bender. Yeah.
2: So I can't talk now because I can't talk. <laughs>
1: well, that's awesome. Film filters and in infrared, Matt.
4: Yeah. Well, thanks. It's you know I, I love talking about it just because it gets, it puts something in between the the Polaroid banter. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. And good too. You know you can, can do all that stuff with Polaroid. I, yeah. But
2: enough.
1: Yeah. Look at the light on John's face.
4: It's gorgeous. Yeah. It? Oh, thanks. He could stay here, but you know he's gotta go.
1: I gotta go. D-
2: do you really gotta go? I gotta go. Jordan, take a shot. Rush a hour shot? traffic is gonna kill me. Get a shot. Really? I'm good. always like coming up the hill on 46, like uh, really? seeing my babysitter's face, like mm, like like we
4: if we sale? like if we call you tonight, you're just gonna be like uh, again, like I got band practice tonight. Gosh. Oh, well,
1: so well, that, so that'll be nice. Like this, hey. Yeah. Uh, what band? Smooth
2: Sailors. Oh, okay. We're mixing tonight with Dane for the pink delicates and then we go straight into uh, Smooth Sailors all freak out jam when's, when's that tonight oh very nice the 15th of October
1: I'm going to make a point to uh, bring uh, Dane onto the shoe
2: oh he bought the Epson uh, scanner by the way too uh, oh Dane took your advice.
1: Uh, Smooth Sailor guy he's all into the film he's man. all into, he's the, all film. In. He's all all into the film he bought a scanner
2: he's in he's all in yeah yeah, he's like, yeah. Hey, Mike suggested that, and I was going to buy this one, but he's like, you know what? The heck with it. I'm just, I'm getting. He's got good
1: the bomb. Scanner. He's ready to. He, he's ready to rock. He buys. He, he ready. Hey,
2: he's ready shooting 120. Yeah. He's shooting
1: wow. Diana. Diana. So he's ready for 120. He's ready to go. He's ready to go.
3: He's he's good to go. Yeah.
1: Why mess around? with I mean, look, there are a lot of scanners out there, and they're all very good, but why mess around when there's just like the bomb, yeah. You know, for for home scanning yeah. purpose. Yeah. What's, what's that go for? Uh, by about 500 right. bucks. 500 yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> quite an investment.
1: It is quite an investment, but if you're doing a lot of scanning, it's well worth it. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it really is. So I'm going to see if Dane wants to come on. That wow, smell.
2: that's pretty interesting. That smell is just... Oh, yeah. Ooh, that smell!
1: I just took a shot of John with uh, my Holga 120FN. What are you shooting in that, Mike? I'm shooting uh, Polaroid 89, Ooh. expired. It's Type 80 square film. This is the proper format for your Holga back. Mm-hmm. This is the proper format for your Holga back. Right. Square. Square. Like you. Yeah. You could uh, put in your FP-100C, but you wind up with a big black gash. Big black Eh, nothing.
4: I get that with my Hasselbald. You don't like it. You don't care? No. Well, you get used to it. But no, this is nice. Yeah. John, what's that
1: look on your
2: face? I think I was uh, burping. (laughs) My face looks bloated. Let me get a nice... look like a Jiminy Glick. Let me get a nice serious <laughs> shot. Look yeah. like I have a prosthetic face. Serious face.
1: I was so close. Look how far away he is with this lens. Yeah. I mean I was right on top of you.
2: A Hulk is a uh, tough nut to crack it as far as the focus. Is,
1: Give
3: me like a nice John Face, you know. No, that's too
2: nice. Now do the eyebrow thing. It hurt. <laughs> you want bulb? So right. what you're doing? I'm going to go pee and come oh. back and look at your photo. Okay. Well, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll, we'll be right back. Enjoy your color slides as
1: never
0: before with new Perutz Color Film. Brilliant natural colors, wide exposure latitude. Yes, now with new exclusive plastic mounts for better slide projection. Perutz, now processed faster than any other film. Perutz.
1: Hey, we're back. Hey, I uh, have a... <laughs> Uh, what you got, Mike? I got a ghost hunting camera uh, for my birthday from uh, uh, Leslie Lazenby Hunsberger. Yeah, <laughs> Hunsberger. Yeah, from Leslie Hunsberger. Yeah,
4: she's uh, she's like the uh, the Polaroid, the the female, uh, the female Mike Rasso. <laughs> yeah,
1: from the I should say I'm the male Leslie. Leslie. Yeah, uh, and I think this is very cool because I saw it and I was like, oh, point and shoot. But then I discovered that. Uh, that there's a ghost in every image, every picture, and it says on the camera. So thank you, thank you, Leslie. This is awesome. It says, "Over or under exposure of film may cause a variation in ghost image density." Ooh. that's awesome. So Matt, I'm gonna shoot you. I'm gonna bring this to the Max. Of course, after every podcast, we celebrate at the Mac Max Diner. Can you make a like? A, you're scared. Like, yeah. Nice. Who knows where the ghost is going to be? He might be right behind you me. Know. He might be right there. And I'm going to be shooting up this camera, and I'll post it in our shoe notes. Ghost hunting. Ca- <laughs> have you guys heard of this ghost hunting camera? I've seen them wow. in Halloween shops, the costume shops. They used to sell them all the time. You know what's shocking? Uh, shocking. In this day and age, 2011, uh, 35 millimeter point and shoot cameras are still in every single store. They yeah. are everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I think people grab them and go. Yep. Like, oh, I forgot the digital camera. Oh, this. Or that. You know what I mean? People My grandparents use them on older vacation. Older people, I think. Yeah. Older people. Yeah. Who put their cameras in the closet and they just go buy it's these. It's like my mother
2: has a cell phone that has a camera on it, but she doesn't. She
1: buys these. It. She buys those. It'd be funny if she accidentally picked up like the ghost the on ghost camera. On camera. Ah, what's that? Yeah.
3: <gasps> I've seen ghosts. Yeah.
2: All right. I got to go. It was great to see everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was great How to have you, John. Uh, we'll set up this thing. Yeah. All right, I'll talk to him tonight about it. Say a special podcast. Okay, two for the road. Yeah, yeah. Special right, podcast with Sure. Take the bag. No.
1: Come on. No. All right. All right,
3: Mike. All right, see you, John. John. I'll
1: see you. Speaking of ghosts and images, what Matt. about what about ghosts in your images? Yeah. What about like actual ghosts and real images?
4: Well, you know, I I think this happened to me more in, in my digital days, but it happens every now and then. In your uh, where'd you put uh, <laughs> picture? Did you process it? You oh, did no,
3: too,
1: and
4: Jack. Oh. You, Pull, pull John shot. Jeez. Oh. Anyway, so
1: like... What about actual ghosts?
4: Actual ghosts. I had a, uh... I had a Flickr contact. Contact me about ghost. She she had a ghosting problem, but it was very, very interesting. Because what is it? Explain, though. Oh, like. a ghost. I'm sorry. A ghost is any kind of, you know, extra light coming into your image.
3: And it kind of oh. kind of adds
4: a little bit of that, that density, making it whiter. Sometimes in a, a very, a very, uh, very sharp sphere. Like a light leak? Yeah, like a, a, like a light leak or light coming in where you're not expecting it. And this happens usually in long exposures. Oh. Or sometimes...
1: Light pollution? Yeah. You're doing a long exposure?
4: Yeah, definitely light coming in. And the, most, uh, the biggest culprits of this are SLR cameras because the, the mirror is, is coming up, so light is free to enter through the viewfinder of the camera
1: oh yeah you, you, you never expect that no you never. You expect, don't think about that
4: um ghosts the sharp ghosts that i you know i d- deal with a lot were when i was shooting pictures at like campfires and stuff and oh, you have know, the fire kind of yeah. like comes, comes back through the viewfinder back through the mirror down and onto the film yep that could be a, a nice effect though sometimes it's a nice effect um the other kind of ghosts that I've got are usually on Polaroids, and that's when I don't know I've accidentally opened up the back mm. and a little bit of light comes in. But it permeates through that plastic holder, and sometimes they're sharp little white dots. And then, like, as you go down through the pack, they get softer or disappear and kind of change. So a ghost in your image can be prevented. In a lot of uh, modern cameras, um, in your, I think the the girl that had her problem, she had it in an AE-1 Oh and, really? Yeah, and a well she was doing long exposures on, like self self portraits. Okay. But she was flipping the mirror up to make sure she didn't get vibration. So light was oh. coming in, there was a little bit of a leak. And she didn't put the viewfinder mask down. All most modern cameras from the 80s and up have a little a little lever that right. that puts a little cover on my Mamiya 645 AF. It's it's pretty awesome cuz it's it's red. You how, can't see anything. How often does that really happen though? The ghosting? Yeah. I haven't had it on this camera. <laughs> But I, I, think, I think if you're talking, you know, over a couple of seconds, okay. it's, it's more likely to happen. Like night photography, folks that like that, it's, it's more common just because of the subject matter and the exposure time. Um, if your ghosting happens in very, very quick exposures, I would look to more to something in the light seals of the camera. Uh, ghosting can also happen, say, in like your Diana worthy, or your Olga. Oh, Hoga. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to tape it up. Yeah, so, it's not anything you should be worried about. There's, there's no, no personal, worries. No personal
1: vendetta from beyond the grave. Just, uh, just ghosts. It's uh, we're looking at a Polaroid 89 shot pulled out of the back of my uh, Holga 120 FN. It's pretty sharp. It's almost impossible to frame the Holga with the uh, Polaroid back on it. I mean, it's a real. Like, I mean, how how were you focused
4: before the? Like, lay it out
1: for me. Well, I was, I, you know. By, by the way, there's a, a back you can buy for your Holga camera. It's, they call it a Polaroid back, but it's actually manufactured by a company either in China or Japan. And you could buy this, probably B&H, uh, Impossible Project. It's not a cheap item for the back of your Holga camera. It doesn't look like it, yeah. It's about 150 bucks.
4: It's the same price as the camera almost. Yeah. Wow. Well, no, the oh, no, the camera's 30, camera's 30 bucks. bucks. Oh, yeah. wait, yeah.
1: It's an expensive accessory, but, you know, there is kind of a cult behind shooting this type of photography. Definitely. But once you put your... Uh, polaroid back is a lens adapter that goes on top of your lens to compensate for the different plane oh, of where okay. your film lies oh shoot it for the back and yeah. then there's this cheapo uh, view viewer what do you call it eyepiece like sports finder or something sports finder that like yeah. glues to the top of your camera and you know when i'm shooting if i look at matt mm mm-hmm. i mean look look at me look look you see sure I mean, you see just my head, right? <laughs> You're gonna get my entire body. But, um,
4: you know, maybe you should put it down. Uh, because this, this looks a little bit more like what I'm gonna get. How about that? Is that better? Oh,
1: hey, look at John. Look, his entire body. When you look through the, the viewfinder, you see just the just head. Just the head? Oh. That's not fair. You kind of have to, like, just guess it. And mm. I guessed wrong. I mean, I cut off his head. Yeah. I mean, I wanted the Pink Floyd shirt in, but I should have just tilted up a little bit. But like anything else, you know, it's just with experience. Oh, yeah. You just have Experiment. to get used...
4: Used to maybe not with the 89 film but experiment <laughs>
1: yeah a lot of folks out there who are shooting with film you know cameras for the first time especially polaroids you really have to ha- like get to know your camera like the zen oh yeah of melding with your camera i'm sure you have with your camera yeah donate one pack to the cause yeah yeah i mean you really have to kind of get used to it not like you know be all squeamish when you're like you shoot a uh, you shoot a pack of expensive polaroid film and you figure out it's not exactly what you wanted but uh, so, Ghost, thank you for the uh, stuff on ghosts and your images.
4: Yeah, hopefully uh, not too many people get them. There's no uh, personal vendetta for you from beyond the grave. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Just uh, check for light leaks. Yeah. Hey,
1: it's uh, before we take a break, uh, it is the countdown to the PDN. Yeah, just, just under a couple weeks. We've been chatting it, chatting it up. It's a, a meetup in New York City. You could go to just type in PDN Expo on Google. it will come up with the page. You need to pre-register. It's free. Uh, they also have uh, packages that you pay for that include workshops.
4: Yeah, they have workshops going all weekend, professional portfolio reviews, just some of the best in the industry.
1: Yeah, uh, it's well worth coming out. If you're an FPP listener, we're going to be hanging out. Oh, it'll be a great time. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. I will be there with my uh, 110 camera. <laughs> Matt will be there with his uh, 8x10.
4: Yeah, maybe even the 420. So. Yeah,
1: that's an amazing uh, negative comparison, uh, 110 versus 8x10.
4: A little bit, but, you know, it's the images are equally cool.
1: Yeah, no yeah, no doubt. Check check our website, filmphotographyproject.com, for a feature article on the PDN. Uh, go to our Flickr group, flickr.com. Go into groups and type in Film Photography Podcast. You'll see a thread about the PDN. And I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, you know, meeting everybody, as some people we already know.
4: Yeah, but, you know, who knows who will show up? Because there was a lot of folks I remember, they said you know they couldn't make the the New York City meetup back in April so oh. maybe,
1: maybe we'll get a couple more well this is a good reason to come out cuz it's not like just you know hey us <laughs> walking on the street and no you know uh, it's a big deal yeah this is a big deal i mean you know it's just extra bonus to have us there just to hang out with so
4: and i think you know there's there's some of the top in the in, in some of the film industry too that are going to be there so if you have
1: questions right you know we're going to be at the source you see also Famous photographers walk in and out. Oh, Seriously. yeah.
4: Seriously, um, I'm trying to remember the guy who was giving li- a free lighting workshop right in the the showroom. Uh, he has the bow tie. Oh, I don't know. In the glass, yeah.
1: Shoot. Polaroid photographer. Who's the gentleman that stands outside B and H? Louis Mendez. Louis Mendez always yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. F- uh, Google Louis Mendez. He is a street photographer, and he mostly, uh, you know, shoots people. And he does it for hire. You'll see him with his uh, crown. I think it's like a crown graphic. Yeah, it's a graphic camera or mm-hmm. speed graphic camera, uh, shooting Polaroid uh, or Fuji 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 instant film, and he'll he'll come up to you, take a picture. Take yeah. a picture take a picture and the answer is <laughs> yes it used to be 20 bucks so hopefully it's still 20 bucks I hope it is too yeah because yeah. I'd love him love him to take my picture yeah yeah
4: he has his own group on
1: Flickr yes he does it's pretty popular pdn photo Expo check it out and they'll be back in a
4: second be- make, sure, make sure to register Ooh. make uh, sure to yeah. register <laughs> it's free make sure to register <laughs> Think
3: that was magic watch this Jippy Pop! Jippy Pop, Jippy Pop, the magic treat. As much fun to make as it is to eat.
2: Now come here. I want someone to eat. My Jippy Pop. (laughs) Jippy Pop, Jippy Pop, the magic treat. As
3: much fun to make as it is to eat.
0: Nothing could tear me away from my Count Chocula cereal. Yeah. Who's that? Good
3: morning. The real Dracula. For real?
0: May I have some? You can have mine! I'll sink my teeth into. What? The delicious chocolatey marshmallows and Count Chocula cereal.
3: Oh, yeah. And it's part of this complete breakfast, too. How about a monster for breakfast today?
0: For real? <laughs>
1: Hey, this is Mike Rosso, Film Photography Project. I'm here in the studio with John and Matt. Hello. Hello. Here Here to tell you about our eBay auctions. Help support FPP by visiting our auction pages. Awesome auctions because they start at 99 cents. 99 cents? That's right. So we really need your participation. We're having our Polaroid Pactastic celebration, and every weekend I'm grabbing two pack cameras, one Pola Plastic Fantastic. That's a Polaroid Pack camera that's all plastic. And I'm also bringing one of the much-sought-after Polaroid 100 Series
0: glass lens cameras.
1: (gasps) I would like you to visit our eBay page to see what we have, and maybe you would like to own one of my cameras from my vast, vast inventory. My Polaroid vault of cameras. Go to myworld.ebay.com slash film photography project. That's myworld.ebay.com forward slash film photography project. Stop by weekly to see what we're offering. Thanks a lot. Thanks for supporting FPP. Hey, we're back, and we've been running all summer long, stri- spring through the summer through now the <laughs> fall. Of a ball. few days, uh, we've been giving away Polaroid automatic land cameras. If you don't know what that is, uh, please do Google it or go to the Film Photography Project website. The Google, and uh, you'll see many many articles if you type in Polaroid automatic land camera. These are the Polaroid cameras that have the bellows. Bellows. <laughs> They're beautiful, beautiful camera. Uh, Many models were made starting from the 1963 Polaroid Automatic 100 land camera through the uh, Polaroid Automatic 450 land camera. And I am pack crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am Polaroid Pack Camera Crazy. I have a workshop here in the studio. To the best of my ability, I repair them. I do battery conversions. I, I had, I've had numerous FPP listeners email me saying, I can't get it to work. And uh, send it on in. I say send it in. Yeah. Send it on in. I'll I'll, I'll crank that baby up. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com.
3: Yo yo. Uh,
1: if you want to email me to ask me about uh, anything polaroid packtastic camera related, pack packtastic cameras in the store on our eBay site, pack I am pack crazy. <laughs> There's just no other way to say it. There's just just really no other way to say it. Uh, Here's my Polaroid tip of the day. Uh, Many folks, they buy a Polaroid pack camera on eBay. Okay. And then they order, either from us in the FPP store or elsewhere, their 4.5-volt battery or their 3.0-volt battery, original Polaroid battery. They put it in their camera, and then nothing. Oh, no. And what they don't realize, what you folks out there do not realize, is the f- when you buy the camera that there was some corrosion. Ooh. So if the battery compartment isn't corroded out, mm-hmm. there still could be some schmutz on the on the connectors. Oh, the contacts, yeah. Yeah, you have, you know, uh, maybe some corrosion. You also, over the years, you get like, uh, you know, it loses uh, its con- c- contactinivity. You <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You may want to go into uh, the store and buy something like Deoxit. D100. It dissolves corrosion, improves contact, and protects surfaces. That might do the trick with your new battery for your camera. If you're really stuck, send me an email. I'll be more than happy to help you out. And here is our first winner today. We have
4: Diane Fisher from this is her flicker name, Tulua in Montana.
1: Oh, I might have to add her.
4: Yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't know Miss Fisher. So at first I was a little. Oh, oh. At first I was a little annoyed by all the attention paid to Polaroid on FPP. Yeah. I typically shoot 35 and play around with vintage cameras that use 620 and 127. Slowly but surely, insidiously, I believe you've brainwashed me into wanting to play around with a Polaroid pack camera. I live in Montana these days and have it in my head that I'd use the camera to shoot horses and barns. If nothing else, it would be a definite conversation starter. Great! So look at that. So she's from uh, Shepherd, Montana. Congratulations, Diane. Yeah,
1: congratulations. And here is our next winner, and our winner is Beth Squire. Beth is in Wolverhampton, England. Ooh, that's a handful. Yeah, Beth says, I'm 17, I'm doing photograph studies, and I love cameras. I go to all the photography fairs in my area to always try and find a good deal, and I can't wait to enter this contest to see if I win any amazing cameras. So it sounds like this pack camera is going to go into the hands of someone who really... Was going to be amazing. She'll it, get the pack yeah. fever. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
4: But see, in the UK too, those didn't really get around, right? Nah, the pack cameras, not as
1: much as here in the US. So maybe,
4: uh, maybe she'll
1: catch her catch her friends onto it. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that I find uh, you sort of like it's called pack fever. <laughs> and it's uh, easy to catch. Hard to get rid of. Our friends at Lamography UK are now shooting with Polaroid pack cameras, and it is it's an amazing camera that produces a uh, instant image. And, you know, sort of like the, the bottom line is what's there not to love? Yeah. I got Leslie
4: shooting a Pactastic cameras again. Oh, my goodness. She Well, she was all integral. Like, she had SX70s and all that kind of stuff. She right, shooting right. impossible film, but she never made the jump. She just didn't see the need. And then I was showing her oh. some of these 420 shots. She heard, you know, she heard you talking about it at the Midwest meetup, and, uh-huh. well, we wore her down. Really? Yeah. That's she bought awesome. a case of FP100C, and she's shooting it up. Really? She took it to a car show past summer. And I think she's just shooting uh, what she normally likes. No manipulations, but maybe some uh, some transfers here and there. Right,
1: right, right. So, yeah, we got her. There have been a lot of uh, Pactastic converts this year. An amazing amount. So I, 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 all, I only know what's going out the door by, by the battery conversions because I'll order, like, 50 battery terminals at a time. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I look in the box, there's, like, only a handful left. I'm like, holy smokes. Good. I've, like, sent, like, 50 cameras out the door. That's great. It's incredible. So uh, I'm really thrilled. And even though the contest is kind of over, I have all the entries, and we're, we're still giving away pack cameras. Pactastic. Packtastic. We're going to do dark room tips as soon as we come back.
3: You are a bold and courageous
0: person, afraid of nothing. High on a hilltop near your home, there stands a dilapidated old mansion. Some say the place is haunted, but you don't believe in such myths. One dark and stormy night, a light appears in the topmost window in the tower of the old house. You decide to investigate. And you never return. (laughs) Hey, we're back.
1: (laughs) Matt, tell us about... uh... What's called uh, uh, reciprocity? Uh, d- d- oh,
4: reciprocity! Yeah, reciprocity. Reciprocity. See, I used to say it wrong too. I said uh, I said reciprocacy, which was a little too
1: much. What is it called?
4: Reciprocity.
1: I've heard in school about you know a century ago. Uh, Retroprosity, fail. Fail, yeah. yeah so Reciprocity t- failure. What is it?
4: Okay, so basically, let's say you have a long exposure. You're shooting something dark. Your your, your lens is stopped down to nothing but a pinhole, and you want everything sharp, but it's going to take a long time. Some films aren't made to handle a long amount of exposure. They're just not as sensitive to light after they receive you know so much of it coming in over mm-hmm. a long mm-hmm. period of time. Uh, a lot of your higher speed films are higher speeds so they don't have to have a long exposure because they have a higher reciprocity failure. Basically, it's the amount of time before uh, light striking the film is, less, of, is less, of, less and less effective. It's not going to build density that, that much faster. So uh, let's take what I've been shooting on the, the 8x10 for the one-a-day project thus far, and that is Ilford HP 5+. The, there's a chart that comes with each film. It's almost like an MSDS sheet. It's so like required by the film manufacturer. Right. They give you those, the the nice little curved, uh, the curved uh, graph, and all that fun right. stuff. They tell you how to process it. But also, there's a timetable with everything, and that says your reciprocity failure. They'll usually tell you how long the exposure has to be before you have to start compensating it. Do you pay attention to these technical details? Um, I, all I really have, uh, and I have a, like a cheat sheet notebook. It has my little zone system cheat sheet. Cheat sheet. Cheat sheet, cheat. yeah. And on the back of it, it says 10 seconds. So if anything goes past 10 seconds, I know I have to start compensating. This this applying to black and white as well? This is mainly a, a, a black Colour. and white thing. Oh, it's so a... Uh, it's mainly a black and white thing it's for It's not me. a color thing? Well, in... Color co- shifts? Color, yeah. Color has even uh, more reciprocity effects because of color shift. Right. Uh, Some people like it, some people try to get it, and some people, you know, it's the bane of their existence. Right, right. So let's just start simple. Let's go black and white. So your black and white film, because we've been talking about black and white. This is the black and white show. Yeah, I love it. So my my film, after 10 seconds of exposure, I need to compensate. Mm -hmm. And what's really crazy is, so let's say I have a 10-second exposure. My 10-second exposure will have to be like 15 seconds. And then the next exposure, what if it's 15? It'll have to be like 45 seconds. Wow! So it goes up exponentially. Mm-hmm. So then like I have to, what if it's a minute? It'll have to be, I'll have to have the shutter open for something like 10 minutes. Right. What if it's, what if it's like two minutes? It might have to be open for 45 minutes to an hour. Just It just goes up like real steep. The amount of times that you have to have to get a similar exposure, but just because it becomes less and less sensitive to light, the longer it's exposed Is to that it. Is right? like that right? Yeah. Wow. So. You can compensate by adding these dramatic times, or you can open up your lens or do some other things to try and um,
1: lower a, that time There are down. a few FPP listeners that have done, like, a, like 45-minute exposures.
4: Yeah. Uh, uh, I've done 45 minutes. I've done... Um, the most I'll go with this Ilford stuff is about six minutes, because I feel anything
1: after that, it just falls apart. Like Right. Do you need so a heavy tripod for that?
4: Well, I have to have a heavy tripod for the 8x10, right. so <laughs> it all pretty much you works out. You don't want the
1: camera blown in the wind.
4: No, and usually um, I, I try to do early morning where it's not very windy and that kind right, of stuff. Right, right, right. You have to have a state. This is all stuff you would be doing on a tripod. Mm-hmm. Um, so re- reciprocity doesn't usually begin until, in, in some of the bad films, maybe like two seconds mm-hmm. and up. In some of the really good films, like your T-Max 100 and such, it doesn't start till about 30 seconds, sometimes a minute and two minutes. But uh, you don't have to worry about these times. You don't have to think about them. Right. The charts are already there. So whatever your film is, whatever your long exposure you know is going to be, Google up your film <laughs> and then just say after the name of the films like let's for example ilford hp5 plus you i would type in ilford space hp5 plus space data space sheet right so ilford hp5 plus data sheet and that would give me the first thing that would come up would be a pdf of ilford's whatever they published on it mm-hmm. and it'll say reciprocity in there the google google a lot of back in the day, they didn't used to publish it, so people had to figure it out by right, like right. burning film. Which oh, must have been oh, awful. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but now it's all it's all pretty pretty well known in each film, especially films that have been out a long time like triax and stuff. Right. People have that down pat. Right. So that's black and white, and then color. You, you're looking a little over. Are you you okay? <laughs> you a drink? You only fall over. What happens with expired film? Um, expired <clears throat> film typically has become just over time has become less sensitive to light, and usually you have to compensate exposure right, right. just to get the, the same time in the first place.
1: Well, it is, I mean, this is a very dense, dense topic. It is. It's scientific.
4: It, it is. And it, It's a lot of science, but th- basically what you need to know is if you plan on exposing your film for more than, let's say, you know, 10, to, 10 to 30 seconds, something like that, if you know you're going to have that long of an exposure, A, get a tripod, B, look up the, the data sheet. Some people go to the ex- the extent of having like a little like a bull cheat graph. I just have the 10 seconds and that's basically my reminder keep it under 10 seconds. Right. So I don't have to worry about it. Cuz if I do if I have to go over you know sometimes I know it's going to be a little thin so I'm just going to guess. Wow. Right? You know you don't want a thin a giant negative that's really super thin, because then you gotta now. Play do with these
1: it. fails uh, will affect basically how you present your work? For example, I mean, you just did a gallery show this past summer. And you you mentioned you wanted all your prints to be, you know... Consistent. Consistent. If you're doing traditional landscapes and traditional photography work, there's not a lot of room for these fails and happy accidents that I embrace. I mean, you know, I'm very much a a LOMO photographer, even though I'm not shooting a lot of LOMOgraphy cameras. same mentality. Yeah, I mean, I'm shooting expired Polaroid. I'm shooting through, you know, Coke and filters that... You know, close-up filters that have no science attached to it. I'm just, Mm -hmm. like, winging it. Uh, and it's producing some funky images. And if that's not your thing, or if you're trying to put a portfolio together for some pretty serious folks, you have to be kind of...
4: You have to be aware of all the factors involved. and and It is. It's just narrowing down all the things that can go wrong and doing your best to kind of meet them beforehand. Right, right. So, you know, I I try to, like I said, I try to keep my exposures quick, quick, quote-unquote, just so I don't have to deal with that. Yeah, and I know I know some folks are probably going to be like sending us ma- emails, like letting us know what all the reciprocity well, times are for things. <clears> but a lot of
1: listeners are. I don't know if you you uh, on a few shows back. If you if you check in with the FPP website, filmphotographyproject.com. dot uh, com. Now, our, you know, since since the summer when our podcasts go live, now you could comment. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah everyone ma- drops can drop a comment on any part of great. The show now on, on our website. So a few folks on our, I guess it was our August 15th show, you're talking about different black and white film stocks. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you make an error, they jump on oh, you.
4: Oh, man, I, I know what it was. Yeah. I was I switched those Ilford films, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. It's not a bad thing. No, but, but they're on me. Everyone's very
1: sensitive about yeah. you know, making an error. And I understand. I mean, we never claim to be experts here, but at the same time, we do want to you know, give correct information. Yeah. When it comes to a dense topic. Well, I apologize like the, for that, ladies and gentlemen. No. Oh <laughs> no, no. Matt, Matt, D- deputy Dan came to the rescue. Yeah, he's like, I'm sure Matt meant, you know, but in the heat of the conversation you just switch a letter oh, around. Oh, what
4: a guy. Thanks, Dan.
1: Yeah, Dan's the man.
3: Drink Mr Brown. Antho the Yes.
1: Mr Brown. Mr Brown after the Cosca Drink. By the way, Mr. Brown ice coffee, of course, f- famous FPP, famous from our Midwest meetup this summer. But don't Google it, no because you'll find out there was this
3: <laughs> scandal. There was a
1: scandal in 2008 where the Mr. Brown Coffee Company they were using tainted materials, and it was like toxic chemicals in Mr. Brown.
4: Oh my God! And
1: you know, when I order Mr. Brown ice coffee on Amazon.com here in the U.S., I'm always wondering how you long get a bad coffee? How long yeah. have these cans been around? So but but anyhow, yeah, I mean wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're not like Talk about failure, huh? Yeah. I mean, we're not the encyclopedia here, so we no. do make errors. No,
4: in fact, you know, it's not like we have the the references here with us. Late folks, we just have like uh we have we have reason yeah. and chocolate
1: scattered amongst the table, used flash bulbs. Well, I think cameras. the attitude of our <laughs> awesome listeners should be, you know, uh, you know, don't don't swoop in like haha, you guys made it. No, 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 no. We're look just add, just like just like drop a line, drop us a line either uh, by email or on our site, and like if we miss some information, just fill it in.
4: Oh yeah, they keep us in line pretty well.
1: Yeah, though. yeah. So yeah, so yeah. What, what else? Th- what else about?
4: Oh, uh, the f- fil- the color film. Color film will oh, typically color shift. Film. Um, I know a lot of the slide films. They'll have this kind of like yellowy green shift as you go as you go on mm-hmm, longer, mm-hmm. and then uh, I heard from from my professor Jeff that some of the f- slide films that like after like so 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 long it'll like shift back it like shift and then like shift back after like like gross exposures like 2 hours or something on the tripod right right the, the main thing you need to know is look up the film you're shooting they will provide you all the data you ever needed to know about the film including reciprocity right They'll tell you what filter with color you have to use certain filters to correct for like fluorescence and things like that mm-hmm. Those filters will also help you correct for reciprocity failure if you know you're doing a long exposure right, usually the guy that e- the guys right. used to shoot like cathedrals churches things yep. like that classic long exposures on slide film you need that so
1: and as with anything else you as you shoot you become more in tune with your craft and, and with, after and with a while, the Google <laughs> yeah and after a while it becomes second nature just like uh, metering. Oh yeah. Guessing metering that you know Yeah. I find myself doing that. Yeah, it's always great to grab the Goss and Luna Pro F.
3: Gossin
1: Luna Pro F. F. But many times I'm just too lazy. I'm just like eh Especially shooting portrait because you're like ah yeah. you know forget about a little about over it. a little under you know you go for it
4: yeah you know I think um, I think a lot of folks will will have found this you know pretty helpful definitely uh, there, there's room for there, there's room for no more reciprocity failure on uh, on folk shots and hopefully they can get out there and take some long exposures for Halloween in the, the upcoming months where it's getting darker and darker absolutely
1: yeah 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 I mean it's not once the fall hits after no light not we're well, not there yet but the dark January, February, dark, there are not it's a lot depressing. of shooters. Yeah, yeah. It gets Well, we have coming up, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we have coming up, we have our uh, Petri 7S2 giveaway, Ooh. and we're going to do a few listener letters. So, hey, we'll be right back. Hey, Big Mike. Hey, is this Joey K? He sure is. <laughs> It's my in the netherworld. <laughs> uh, hey, Joe, do you want to, uh, we're going to be going to Max in about 1520. You're in, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll meet you guys up there. I've uh, got my car parked and go going for a walk. Oh, oh no kidding. Well, we're still recording, so. All right, so you, you, know, you guys are going to take off in about 20 minutes? What time is it now? It is one second. Five fifty-seven. Ooh. Oh, we'll be there at 6-30
3: Yeah Alright, I'll, I'll meet you
1: guys there at six thirty. Great, if you get there early, uh, Ange has a table for us already Alright, no problem Great, bye
3: My mom always made me feel better No matter what My
2: mom was easy to love
0: My mom used to sing me to sleep at night Sometimes I really miss that Gentle person I have in you.
3: When was the last time you took a picture of your mom? Your true God. Kodak Film.
4: Hey, uh, I got some letters. Oh you do? Okay. Yeah, want me to pull one? Yeah. Oh yeah, all right, here we go. We have this is from August Rice. And her flicker name is Penguin Feet eighty nine. Nice. Just wanted to say hi. Hi guys. I'm sixteen years old and I love to oh, shoot my films. God. Sixteen they're getting younger,
1: Mike. Yeah, we have a lot of teen we should have FPP like Teen teen meetup branch. Oh, oh my God! FPP teen meetup. Teen meetup. Yeah. You need a parent signature to to uh, apply. (laughs) You just see the letters coming in. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, you know, Matt's Matt's youthful. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, Matt's youthful. Our teen listeners out there.
3: Ooh. uh,
1: I'm more of like a dad age, but it's I'm I'm really excited that uh, so many uh, younger folks are uh, picking up film photography because you know what, it is the bomb. Yeah, so, well, it looks like August
4: here has kind of a kind of a Matt story to her. Go ahead. I have in the past two years been getting into photography. Up until a year ago, I'd been shooting only digital and was not pleased with the results no. at all. So about a year ago, I fished out my dad's Nikon FM2 and absolutely love it. Whoa. I've now bought a Holga 35mm and am hopefully getting a Diana. Keep up the great work, guys, and you're a never-ending inspiration for me. August. Well,
1: thank you. You know, letters like this really fuel me to continue in what I'm doing. There's hope. Yeah, this hope for film photography <laughs> It's nice to know that, that people are as excited as us As we are here
4: Yeah, we're a little loony sometimes Yeah, but we're loony <laughs>
1: But it's a, I was telling Matt just at the shack
0: Shack, I'm like, shack, wow. shack
1: I get really th- like I, cuz I just loaded up uh my Mamiya 645M M and and it was a real thrill to get it working went to the shack we put a new battery in for the light meter I told meter. you
4: you'd be hooked by roll number 1
1: And r- number 1 number 1 number and, uh I have my uh my large flash Did you ever see it it's a uh the big stick flash? Big stick? Yeah. It has a bracket. I'm going to throw this on the bracket and bring it up to the max. Do it. So. It might scare somebody, but yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: no doubt. Do we have a second letter? We do have a second letter. Oh, we got Look at this. Look at this. Detail. This is from... Okay, oh. Our, our listener has requested to remain anonymous. I have deemed him
1: Mr. M.
4: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now Mr. M says, I just started listening to your podcast on film photography. I'm slowly working my way through the archives and decided I would comment on some of the topics you bring up. Uh, sorry, some of the topics are dated, but I think... They they would apply to some of the current podcasts. Some people, so, you know, how I commented a couple episodes back about how large format photographers can kind of get can kind of really rip on other people's Absolutely. work. They they sometimes like tear it apart. But even you know anybody, yeah. the, like John was talking about the people that will tear like a Holga image apart mm-hmm. when it just has a different feel to it. And you know, Mr. M's saying that he's he just got through gra- uh, he's just going through MFA grad school. Oh, okay. And you know, apparently. Other students and teachers are ripping your stuff to shreds on a daily wow. basis. It's it's he says it's almost going to school for photography is is pure hell. It's not it doesn't even have anything to do with taking pictures. Um, it's all about having having a. Having good structure and composition and all that junk. <laughs> right, right, right. I think he, what he's saying is a lot of a lot of the older guys in photography. And this is you know this is kind of a, a good thing. We had a young listener, and then we have like a an older perspective on right. things. And you know some of the younger listeners might be wanting to share some of their photos online, but they they s- receive negative reinforcement on something, and they, they don't want to do it or post it anymore. Which is what oh, you yeah, shouldn't I, do. I have heard that before. Just Even roll on with Flickr, it. People yeah.
1: Open themselves up. They ask for. Like, like they solicit because comments. they've been getting good
4: comments. Yeah,
1: and you can get you know be prepared to get some. Not everyone's going to like your picture.
4: You know what Mr. M is telling us to do is just kind of kind of roll with it. Yeah. Eventually, you're a good student is going to tune out is going to tune out the noise, some of the bad stuff. Sometimes you know what it's going to be in an image, and that just means you're going to work that much harder to get a better image the next time. Absolutely. And you know, what he's saying is the school some of the older school of thought is is to critique an image, you know, the compliment sandwich. Here's something good, here's, here's everything you did wrong, and then another something good at the end. Right. You know, there's something to be said about that. Um, here we go, a-, a quote from Mr. M. Artists need to constantly ferret out the flaws in their work, and you don't learn much if everybody else agrees with you. So I think he's commenting on Flickr and the nature of people say, Oh, good shot. Good job. Yes. Great work. You know, that really doesn't give you any substance to it. It makes you feel good, but it doesn't tell you what you're doing right as an artist.
1: Well, sometimes it's not about a technique or about art. Sometimes a photograph touches someone on an emotional level or reminds them of something or makes someone smile.
4: So do you feel that
1: post- That's what I say. Good shot. It's like the, the image makes you happy.
4: Okay, but do you, but do you think, because this really opens up the topic to c- certain methods of posting online, do you feel that that f- same photo has, uh, you know, if it gets posted, say, in, in like a group where it is supposed to be for fine art or something like that, that it should be, you know, posted there? Or just because that person had a feeling about that? and.
1: Well, I base, you know, comments on technical information of once I see an image I like, the first thing I look for is... Well, what camera was it like shot? on Film, yeah. You know, is it expired film? Is it fresh film? Where is it located? What does it mean? I really enjoy photos that have some text that go along with it. Photos that still strike me, that have no information, usually I'll say, great shot, then I'll ask questions. Like, what was this? I'm usually interested in how how the photograph was shot. But like, I think
4: that gets more into the art of it, right? I mean, yeah. like the technique and yeah. what they were thinking when they took the shot. Because yeah. some people are, I still kind of... I, I can see it, but it, it's hard to express that. Like the some photographers, they take a picture based on what they were thinking at the time, and even though they, what they captured, you know, wasn't yes, wasn't quite there, and it's hard to communicate that right. over the computer.
1: Like uh, your shot from your gallery show that I requested a, a framed copy of. I of your gallery show, there's some great shots, and I enjoyed many of them, but this one touched me on a human level. Okay, because it's I think it's, is it called cat show.
4: No, it's called "Get a Grip." Because it's at a cat show.
1: Yeah, it's at the cat it's show. A cat, it's a handler and a cat sort of getting oh, away the, from. It's them. the judge, yeah. Oh, the judge, and it just—it's a—it's a, it's a human—it's a very emotion y- human shot. You know, a cat, a, a handler, a judge handling a cat, and the cat's just like doesn't want you know,
4: any part of any it. Any part yeah. of it,
1: and it's, <laughs> it. I just enjoy looking at it. Okay. It doesn't really matter how you shot it. You captured it at that moment. And you
4: got the res- emotional response yeah, from it.
1: Everyone reacts differently to, to an image, which, I mean, this is a huge topic.
3: Yeah,
4: but, I, I mean, I thank Mr. M for kind of bringing this up because, you know, it, it gets skimmed over a lot.
1: a lot. There are a lot of people posting images on Flickr of, look, there's a lot of uninspired work that's posted, but you have to think, I do. Put yourself in the shooter's hands, whether it's digital or film, these people are just getting their camera... And yeah. Just going out and shooting, mm-hmm. shooting, maybe shooting their family. And, it, you know, uh, I, I don't go to a lot of these threads anymore. There's a lot of, especially in portrait, people ask an opinion, oh, what do you think of this? But, you know, my style of portrait is very different, drastically different than other people's style. Great point is, you know, the Rembrandt style of no backlight, you know, where you have where basically your 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 uh, subject sort of disappears into the background. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a very distinct style. I don't like it. It doesn't okay. suit me. So, I would say there's something wrong with that shot because where's your backlight to pop your image? Yeah. But that doesn't make it wrong or right.
4: No, it's just it's you. Yeah, yeah
1: it's just it's just me, so. Mm. Uh, I feel for uh, Mr. M.
4: Yeah, I feel, it sounds like he had a pretty. Yeah. But he seemed to come out of it pretty unscathed.
1: Well, I remember being in school, and it's like you know, in class when other students are critiquing your work, it's like there's a lot of dumbasses in class. It's like, <laughs>
3: it's
1: like some of them stupid. They say stupid stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, and as everybody someone, does. As someone who has talent, and you know, if you have talent, <laughs> you'll soon discover you know ranks of other photographers that have talent. And, you know, hacks, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a tough thing because when you're in an open forum, whether it's on Flickr or in a class and, you know, some hack is, is beating up your work, it gets stressful.
4: Yeah. Well, I, you know, uh, can I take, for example, my, my Flickr stream? Uh, I am just over a thousand contacts now on Flickr. Oh, my God. Uh, I know. But the range is, you know, it's a lot of FPP. But I like it because I get to see a lot of things that aren't necessarily to my taste. Right. And then it's, it's all the way up through, it's like one, it's like 110 shooters all the way up through like the the ultra large format stuff. And the, the styles of shooters range from like people just starting all the way to people that I admire. They're like my heroes in, in photography.
1: Flicker heroes.
4: Yeah. And you have to kind of like, I'll see a shot and I'll know this, I'll know the name that it's from when I'm on my contacts list going through. I would like, come on, man. I know you can do better than that. I mean, that's why I added you. And but then uh, I'll see. I'll see a shot, and you can kind of like see people progress through it too. Right. And I, but I'm not going to comment on all of those because I'm just kind of taking it in.
1: Absolutely. I, I um, people um, that you know are my contacts on Flickr. I, I also won't comment. But maybe in the course of two months, i might at, go back. I'll, I'll, Suck it all in, and be like, oh, what are they working on? What are they doing with their yeah? Exactly,
4: and kind of see how it's progressed. And you know, I, I don't. I'm kind of. I'm guilty of not commenting enough, and I, I don't feel like. I sometimes I feel like I'm neglecting. You know, my right. contacts like maybe right. I should should shouldn't be contacts because I'm not adding a lot. But it's it's really nice to see and to have that that diverse uh, set of pictures coming in. Right. And I, I don't know. Do you do you do like the full critiques, or you do just like the positive things about an image, or how do you how do you formulate I, I,
1: that? I just. uh do, I do a positive, usually very brief comment. Okay. I don't do a full critique because I don't feel that it's really the proper forum for me to judge. Okay. I, I don't
4: feel qualified, yeah, you exactly.
1: know? it's it's, it's Occasionally, I usually I make technical comments about, yeah. you know, if it's expired, what type of stock, or I'll make a reference to, I've, sh- I've had similar reser- results with this particular oh, okay. camera yeah. or shots. But uh, I like a lot of stuff. Things I don't like at all, I, I, I'm I not even looking at. Just kind of at. skim over. Yeah, yeah, I skim right over. I kind of do the same thing. Uh, I love when we do our FPP galleries, you know, online galleries and talk about it on the show, which we promise we'll do next time. Just look at the whole FPP pool, and it's very quick. I know they're just thumbnails, but I immediately skim, and things just pop out at me, and I click on it, and mm-hmm. then... You know, I like it for a certain reason. It's not that I hate anything. I don't. It's just that, you know, I'm just picking what pops out at me, what, yeah. what touches me in a, in a certain way, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, so heavy things got ever since John left.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. It gets deep. Yeah, John, John was keeping it light.
1: You know, and you, and you really never know what to expect. And this goes for, you know, we started our video YouTube channel, and uh, a few months ago I, sh- I sh- shot myself using my laptop as the camera. Oh, okay. Like the shittiest... crappiest video talking specifically about the polaroid 100 automatic land camera and i haven't been hauled over for like two three days then finally i'm like look i'm just gonna put it on i put it on youtube to have a link to show Paige davis who works with us here at fpp oh and
4: it wasn't meant to hit
1: the masses wasn't there's a you have three options on youtube uh, uh public uh link only or private Okay, and I must have messed it up, but it went live, went public, and the next day it next, had five, it six comments. Yeah. And it's an—I aw- think it's an awful video, but I guess I'm looking at it from aesthetic lighting, technical, technical, spec- like how I'm presented, uh, and other folks out there just want the information of how the camera works, and the and, like. And the it serves them the perfectly. Sh- yeah, yeah. And there were a lot of great comments. Keep going. Keep. I mean, some some very uh, good uh, and you know more than a two sentence comments. So. That was very encouraging, and the thing is, even with your photography, you never know. Sometimes you're like, you like, oh, I'm not going to put this image up because it stinks. Yeah, and that may be your, you know, your most favorite image.
4: Well, you know, with the the whole one a day thing.
1: Yeah, I'm. I have to put it up. Oh yeah, you do.
4: So there's ones that I think they're just like god awful. Yeah. But it's been it's been interesting seeing how other people receive it because I. I can't call anything apparently. Like I think all oh, this is gonna be a great one, and then like crickets. Yeah. But then I put one up that I think is eh, it's okay, but they're all over it. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting to see everybody has a different opinion, and I think just if you can if you can stay cool, stay FPP about it. Yeah. You'll uh, you'll make it out all right.
1: Yeah, that's that's very important. I think it's always important to channel your anger. A your negative, your negative, sarcastic, swarmy. Take it somewhere, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of threads on Flickr. Just you know, as soon as someone makes a comment, everyone's like jumping all over them to be funny. And you know what? There's nothing funny about like ranking or make or like being sarcastic about someone else's comments. Mm-hmm. It's shitty. You're actually making someone feel bad.
4: Oh yeah. Well, you can't. Personality doesn't come up on text. Well, you know, you know what yeah, I mean. Well, like, yeah, it, but it a, look...
1: a swarmy you know, kind of sarcastic comment is a sarcastic comment. Yes, it is. You know, and I think people should give, uh, you know, oh, you can't be, yeah, of course you you can be positive about everything. Yeah, you can.
4: The more you do what you love, the more it shows to everybody else.
1: Yeah, you you have to have a thick skin, and if you're a filmmaker, even thicker skin, because people are going to destroy you. Oh, online. man. Yeah, I, I could imagine movie.
4: it. Oh, can't imagine that.
1: Yeah. yeah. We have just one more p- piece of business on this shoe, and it's our giveaway. Matt, I think once you uh, fondle this camera, you'll you'll know that very much like our Yashica Electro a few months ago, ooh, uh, ooh, yeah. this is a solid camera. It's it's hefty and balanced. It's called a Petri 7S2. Uh, this is from our good friends at camera-wiki.org. Uh, this camera is a fixed-lens 35mm rangefinder camera introduced yeah. by Petri in 1974. Now, this says fixed, fixed lens, but that lens comes off. Because you have extra lenses. Oh, it does? adapters. I, well, I don't know. Let's have a look. I thought they were lenses.
4: Oh, hey, look. This is from Christian Peters.
1: Yeah. Do you know Christian?
4: I know Christian. He gave me a print in the print exchange. He was my exchange buddy. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, I got a really cool silver gelatin print from him. Okay. Yeah. Really, really nice guy.
1: Wow. So let's, uh, let's have a look. Oh.
4: It screws in, Mike. So it's a wide it's fast. a wide angle adapter.
1: This is a, a Petri 7S2 mint condition camera yeah. that has adapters, telephoto and wide angle in its own separate case. You got to kind of kind of guess with the yeah. These yeah. introduced in 74, 1974. The difference between the 7S and the 7S2 is the addition of of a hot shoe. So what shoe? shoe Hot shoe, replacing the cold shoe of previous models. There's still a PC socket on the lens barrel. A uh, little else was changed. There were F2.8 and 1.8 lensed versions. Which one do we have? The 1.8 or the 2.8? The 2.8. We have the 2.8, okay. The, di- the, di- the direct competitors of the time were the Beauty Light 3, the Konica Auto S, the Minolta hi 7S, and the Canonet ql 17 g Three. I think one of our guys was, uh, shoots cannonette. Is it Anton?
4: Um, I'm not sure, but I know a bu- uh, buddy of mine back home in Finley shoots Cannonets. a cannonette. Yeah. yeah. So look at this. There's even a there's even a viewfinder adapter. It Goes on oh. the hot shoe.
1: What's the purpose of that?
4: That's to um, so basically this is my standard angle of view in the viewfinder. But when you add the wide angle attachment, you have oh. to compensate. Good. So this actually. It's, it shows you cropped in what the telephoto adapter looks like.
3: Oh, oh. Well, I you, hold I hold... Oh, oh, we're don't. giving
4: this camera away, by the way. <laughs> so you, do you see the, the large rectangle? That's the wide-angle view, and then the telephoto view is the little guy. Look at that.
1: Oh, my God.
4: Now, this is pretty snazzy, Mike.
1: This is snazzy. Now, does this... Is there
4: a battery in this? Um. Ooh, ooh. Um, it looks like we have a battery oh no. Well Well it has a range it's a range find.
1: Oh, oh probably not. Look.
4: Oh no, it's like the, the trip. trip. It's got the it takes in light. But look, there's a little over under. Oh, and it works. And the dial just rotates back and forth. Yeah. It feels it feels like solid uh, but very, very like to the point, that's you know. Pretty snazzy. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good, right? It does feel good. I like the rangefinders that have the, the little lever, you know, because yeah. I don't like rotate and get my mitts all over it. Yeah. So the, uh, one thing I don't like, and I don't know if that's just this camera, but the aperture blade, the aperture is really kind of like might get accidentally Where is Let me see. knocked. It's right here, so like, look how smooth that is.
1: Oop. Well, this is your lo- focus. that's focus, so but basically apertures. you have to, like hands off. Yeah, just use the easy. just oh, yeah, use the lever. Click. Yeah, see. You can easily, just like oops.
4: And it's like f16. F'd. Yeah. F'd.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see, it goes to 400 ASA. Pretty good. Yeah, oh yeah, that's probably awesome. just like the trip.
4: It goes down to 25. I bet.
1: See what it goes down to. Oh, me, me, me. Oh, uh, er, uh, oh, here it is. There. 400 is the fastest. Goes up well, to 10.
3: Ooh. ASA, <laughs> <it's> a, <laughs> shoots ASA ASA I don't shoot 10. 10. Oh. All the way up to 400.
1: Did
4: you see this? We got a we got a classy classic style letter from uh, oh, from Christian yeah. as well. This is
1: donated to FPP by Christian Peterson. Thank you very much. And this is going to make an excellent camera it's got for you folks out there. What is he? Oh, He's got he his own wax seal. You know, he he. Hand wrote us a letter and uh, sealed it with a wax. so wax uh, the, seal. the gist of it. He was
4: just uh, it's a great. he answered John's question. It's a great Japanese rangefinder, and I thought we could uh, we could give it a good home. He was also uh, mentioning that uh, via our suggestion, he started processing home c forty one with the oh. tetanol kit from freestyle.
3: Freestyle. and he's
4: uh, he's loving it. It's so easy. He never imagined it was so easy. so, that's great.
1: That is awesome.
4: And the camera is it's pretty solid. I like it.
1: I love it. If you folks out, folks out there listening would like to own this camera, Ooh. it is a contest giveaway. Go to filmphotographyproject.com, click on the giveaways tab. And you will see you will see the giveaway. You need to sign up for it. So, also I encourage folks to I also encourage folks to log in to the site, please. Yeah, log in, and you can make comments. And also, folks out there listening, I, you know, I would love for you if you have an if you have something in your brain, like you just tried a film stock. If you just if you just tried camera for the first time, if you want to submit a blog, maybe the word is scary blog. If you want to submit a few paragraphs about your experience, that's all you need. Yeah. yeah. A few Maybe par- some photos, some pretty pictures. Some photos, yeah. a good friend in Amherst, New York, uh, Christopher Fizio. Hey, Chris Fizio. He uh, proactively sent us a blog about his experience with a uh, roll of film that uh, FPP sent him. Great. It was the Fort, uh, Forte,
4: Fortepan. Pan Four hundred. 400. Yeah.
1: I really appreciate that. I just got a text from Angela at Max Diner. What's the word? And <laughs> the word is uh, lentil soup. Almost gone. <laughs> Anybody having lentil soup? I'm good. You're good. There's a ghost in our studio today, <laughs> and her name is Lauren Bagley. <laughs> it looks
4: like looks like Lauren. Yeah.
1: Lauren, I'll bring your mic up. Hi, hi, Lauren. <laughs> 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 uh, Halloween is celebrated worldwide these days.
4: Um, Happy Halloween. Pretty pretty much. Yeah. You know, we got those muertos right around the corner from Halloween. So yeah. Of,
1: you know, and our breaks <laughs> have had some spooky, you know, trailers and going on. Yeah. yeah, it's been a real spooki- spookerific show. We should
4: play. uh We should play clips from the uh, from that self-recorded Polaroid cam.
1: The, the smile, tough guy. That ca- the oh, really creepy oh, thing. The the kids' voice, God. terrifying. Yeah, um, yeah, months and months. Last year, we had a talking Polaroid camera, and John went into the bathroom to record. He was going to surprise us, and like he came out, played his recording on the camera, and there was like some child. <laughs> on it was there. it was terrifying, Mike. It was ter- it's terrifying for me. I not you
3: to smile?
1: Except, oh my God! Say something scary.
3: Don't you to smile?
1: Ugh. Petri 7s2. Uh, sign up for it, and uh, we'll be giving it away very soon. So, that's all I got for this uh, spooktastic uh, Halloween uh, two-year anniversary episode. Boom! Oh, Next wow. episode, we start season three. Whoa. Crazy. all I do is watch serial television like Mad, like Mad Men so I'm all into like, you know, seasons See, they're lucky though, they only have to, have to do like, you know, like 10, 13 yeah. episodes well heck, people want us to do the, sh- the shoot weekly. every week we should go weekly, it's no problem, just yeah. weekly yeah, just yeah. weekly scary. it takes me longer to edit the shoes than it does to record them, yeah is <laughs> real time yeah, editing, oh my god oh. It takes like a whole week what it's do rough. you think, those uh, FX come easy? That's right. <laughs> yeah. that's
0: right. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dane from Smooth Sailors is now has gas. Oh, yeah, I remember. She massive, bought a scanner. And he's Massive upset. gas, which is gear acquisition syndrome. Uh, so I'm going to bring him on to chat because I'm sure he he's going to go nuts here. Oh, I'm sure. Kitten so, Candy Store. So we're going to head up to Max. Let's see what time it is. We're probably late. Oh, yeah, we're do it, Max. So we're going to head up to Max Diner. Until next time, have a great Halloween. Anyone out there listening, See you at the PDN Photo Expo. Yeah, see you there, guys. And uh hey Lauren, thanks for stopping by. Yeah,
3: no problem.
1: <laughs> see you next time. Whoa. See ya!
0: the normal life you lead you will try to forget what you have seen here but it will all come back to you in your nightmares and you will not be able to explain it away as a dream and some night you will be sleeping peacefully and you will think you are safe and on that night that very night a wolf will howl and i will come for I will come into your room. I will come to your bed. I will lean over and gently bite your neck. And then, my friend, you too will be a vampire. (laughs) Beware. When the wolf howls, no matter where you are, Count Dracula will come for you. There done. But what is done? To escape from that place of evil? To go back to the world of men for what? Only to be taken back again? He's coming for me. I know it. But at least I've written it all down. I I can leave a warning to the world. soon? The wolf. The wolf. My friend, it is time. I have come for you.